Good evening and Merry Christmas. Uh, pray with me. Father, we thank you for this night to remember one of your most uh, glorious workings in all of human history. We praise you for the incarnation of this evening, and we ask that you'd help us to give you all the glory, to truly, from our hearts, honor you and praise you and worship you for all of your goodness, as it is revealed to us in Jesus Christ, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so this evening, uh, we remember that long ago, on the very first Christmas, the angels cried out, glory to God in the highest. This is not one angel, this is the whole multitude lit up before the shepherds, glory to God in the highest. And as we hear that, we hear glory, glory to God. All right, what does that really mean? That means that the angels are calling for us to join them to praise God, to gaze upon his beauty, to know his works, to delight in him, and to, to bask in the beauty of all that he is and all that he has done. And this evening we ask, okay, why, why do the angels sing glory to God? On the first Christmas, why do they call the shepherds to join them? Why do we, why do we cry out, glory to God in the highest because of Christmas? And to do that, we're going to look at uh, the book of John. We've been going through the book of John, and he speaks of the incarnation uh, this way. Starting in verse 1 and then jumping to, to verse 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In verse 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John, he talks about a, a person, the second person of the Trinity, he calls Him the Word. Other places he calls Him the light, the, the light has, that has been shining, the Word that has been speaking of the glory of God, and has been shining out, revealing with knowledge, it has been speaking out of the glory and the beauty and the power and the splendor of God, calling people to worship Him. And this day, this day we, we celebrate the fact that that very Word became flesh, that this divine person, He took on a human nature, and walked among men. He ministered to us. He showed us who he was. He became a baby lying in a manger. Now, as we look at the babies in the, in the congregation, we don't usually get to see them because we hide them because they aren't always that glorious. Right? Sometimes they don't uh, cry out the glory of God. They don't give us a clear message, so we, we lock them away. Uh, but they're here today, so... <laughs> what do we do? How, do these, how does the baby Jesus glorify God? That the angels would sing and we would proclaim it. All right. Now the truth is that uh, as much as the light has been penetrating the darkness, as much as the word has been speaking the glory of God, uh, we have been blind to it. That sin has blinded us 
it has kept us from seeing the glory of God as we have as we were supposed to. And so, what does that word do? He didn't stay far off and condemn us for not seeing the glory of God. Now, what does he do? He comes, he comes as close as he possibly can that we would be able to touch him and see him. That we would record his words, watch him in action. He becomes a man in every way except sin. And what John is saying, he's saying that we celebrate first for Christmas because we have seen the glory of the Father in the glory of the Son. That he gave us a picture of himself in Jesus Christ. And what beautiful picture do we see when God, who's so far above us, comes down and comes close what do we see? We see someone who is full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now, Jesus could have come as a king, powerful and wealthy, come to, to rule over us. He could have come as a judge, full of judgment and justice, come to punish us for our sins. But instead, he comes as an infant in a manger, full of grace and truth. Now, grace is one of those special words. Grace is a free gift, a free, undeserved gift. You all know what truth means, right? Truth is sort of reality, knowledge of reality as it is. And we usually don't get both of those together. Grace and truth. Free, free gifts that are promised and given given out, those things usually don't come to fruition. <laughs> or we have truth, and truth is without grace. There are no gifts there. There are no blessings there. They're not over and abundant. Now, the picture of this is uh, Christmas poppers, all right? We have, we have pictures of these. Or these are Christmas crackers. Have you ever, have you ever had one of these? No, no, some of you haven't. All right, I wanted one, I wanted these one year because uh, Harry Potter had them <laughs> in his, his Christmas celebration. All right, all right, and so I convinced my mother, like we we all need these, and so we sat around the Christmas table and we opened these, and what did we find was in them? Virtually nothing. All right, it was a, it was a, a little like tissue paper hat, <laughs> and I think mine had a nail file in it, and that was it. <laughs> And we came to realize real quickly that, like, the truth of what this thing was. And it was very empty. It wasn't brimming with grace and gifts and, and lavish blessing. Uh, the truth that I was looking for was, uh, was very empty. Because in Harry Potter, they, they were magic. And so what he, like, he, like, popped them open. I, I knew it was not going to be Harry Potter. But uh, they popped them open, and there's, like, full hats in them and magic chess sets, and like, it was just great, full of grace and gifts, but they're not true. All right, so you're constantly balancing these two things. That the more we promise all of these good and amazing gifts, the, the more we realize that there's, they're not actually there. And all of life is like that. We go looking for, for blessing and gifting, and 
And we want lavish and abundant joy, and yet it always falls empty. And truth usually lets us down. It's not what we wanted. And so how amazing that Jesus comes as a baby, full of grace and truth. And it says, all right, proof of it. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. We have received grace upon grace. All right, what is he saying there? That in Jesus, we've received gift after gift. That the gifts are flowing and lavish, and it's gift after gift after gift after gift. Have you ever seen a Christmas like that? Have you experienced a Christmas like that? Yeah, you have. <laughs> gift after gift, you wish. Yeah, no, it's not like that. Uh, <laughs> that was mine saying that, of course. <laughs> the rumor is that my, my mother's Christmases were like that. That's what my dad says. But uh, all right, gift after gift. Like lavish, unimaginable gifts, one after the other, and things that you could not possibly have earned. Things that you actually, in your life, has disqualified yourself for each and every one of these gifts. But in Jesus, in this child, in this baby, there's gift after gift after gift. And now, primarily, what is, what is the grace that Jesus is full of? Now, John tells us, he says, verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. What is the lavish gift that Jesus was full of? He was full of the opposite of what the law was. That the law was full of rules and judgment and demands for holiness it was full of condemnation, all of the reminders that we were, we were far from God, all of those barriers. And the problem was that in the law, people thought that was the glory of God. That that was as good as he gets. He just gets to be the, the judge who was really holy, but really far away and terrifying. But that's, that's not the glory that God wanted to reveal about himself. And so to clarify things, what does he do? He sends someone to, to clarify what is really God like. And he is full of forgiveness and mercy and sacrifice and love. And so he sends this baby that he might do this, Matthew 5. Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Fulfill them. So this whole time Jesus was here, he was gathering to himself fulfillment and, and filling himself up with obedience. That's why he came as a baby. He couldn't come as a man because he had to spend a whole lifetime being obedient and loving people when we fail to love. Sacrificing when we fail to sacrifice. Avoiding temptations that we fall, fall prey to. To humble himself. 
when we do not, to obey all of those times that we have failed, all the times we have sinned. He spent a whole lifetime gathering all of his righteousness and obedience and sacrifice so that he'd be full of grace for us. So that when we would receive him, we'd have a whole lifetime of obedience and righteousness and holiness and perfection poured out upon us and lavished upon us. And he, reward, he earned all of the rewards that God promised to those who were truly righteous and good. Things like eternal life. Things like a kingdom forever, for every tear to be wiped away. For everlasting joy forevermore. Jesus was filling himself up with all of those rewards so he might pour them out upon us. All right. When we see Jesus, do we see this great explosion of grace? Now, the beautiful thing is, in, is that it's also true. Because if we heard that and didn't have all of the surrounding works of Jesus, we might think, well, that sounds too good to be true. But as, as Steve preached this morning, it came with prophecy for thousands of years that this would come to pass. Promise after promise being met and fulfilled in Jesus. It came with prophecy after prophecy. It came with, with wonder after wonder and angel multitudes. It came with miracle after miracle performed by this one who was promising such grace. It came with lives changed. It came with people resurrected from the dead. It came with wonders that were unquestionable by even the opponents of Jesus. They could not deny. At best, they could say, well, no, he, he, he was doing miracles because he's a through demons. But they could not question that he was doing things that were truly awe-inspiring and amazing. And there is a reason that all of human history has chosen Jesus as the most important person who has ever walked the earth. Right? He is true. He has proven himself to be that so that we might receive all of this grace. Now, do you know the gifts that you've been given in Jesus? We talked about four of them, hope and peace and joy and love, real forgiveness, real mercy, freedom from guilt and shame, heavenly homes, this relationship with the Father, that we'd be sons and daughters, that we have this one who, who collects our tears in a bottle because he cares about us, who will wipe away every tear from our eyes, who will restore us to everlasting joy, who will make his home with us, who will walk through us, through with us through, through every trial, who gives us a new family, he gives us new life. Grace upon grace. And all of that is 
gathered up throughout the life of Jesus and poured out on the cross so that we might enjoy all of those blessings. Now verse 8, or verse 18, excuse me. No one has ever seen God, the only God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. All right. Do you know God? Have you seen him? We see him most clearly in the face of Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. That is the God we worship. That's the God the angels sung out, glory, 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 glory to God in the highest because they had seen the grace of God. Please do not just see a judge. Please do not see someone here to condemn you or restrain you. See in Jesus Christ this one who wants to lavish upon us all of the gifts of righteousness and love and mercy that we could never attain ourselves. That's why. That's why we sing glory to God in the highest. Amen? Let's pray. Father, our hearts are very cold and they are hard. Sin has darkened our eyes that we see ourselves as more glorious than we ought to. We see the world as more glorious than we ought to. And so we ask this evening that you would show us the glory of Jesus Christ in all of his grace and truth, and that we would delight in all that Jesus Christ has given us. And Lord, we might also we pray that we would see past the blessings and see you behind them. That we'd see that you are a great God. That you're a God of great love and forgiveness and mercy. Would you shape our hearts that we would truly joyfully sing and joyfully celebrate Christmas. That we would know the lavish gifts of grace that are poured out upon us in Jesus Christ. We pray in his name.